you often hear people say forgive but don't forget, and that policy seems to be pretty popular among mixed martial arts fans. While a fighter is still active, we're very likely to brush off just about anything. You can take PEDs, get arrested, say bad stuff about a fighter's significant other. We may not be happy about it, but it's not going to stop us from watching your next fight. That said, when it comes time to consider a fighter's legacy, all those indiscretions are going to be considered, and for MMA fans, there are just some stains you can't wipe off. So today we're going to take a look at 10 fighters who reached the sport's pinnacle, but by one method or another, marred their careers in ways that will always remain a part of their narrative. I'm Tommy from MMA On Point, and these are 10 Forever Tarnished Legacies. Number 10. Brock Lesnar I often joke about the ridiculous line Brock Lesnar fed us before UFC 200 about being a jacked white boy that we all just had to deal with, and ironically enough, that was the truth up to that point. As freakish as Brock Lesnar has always been, as suspect as this monster of a man was, at the end of the day, he'd never failed the drug test. And it wasn't like the guy was tiny growing up, you can tell he's a big-ass dude naturally. Steroids alone can't turn you into that. And because suspicion isn't proof, well, he was right, we just had to deal with it. Deal with his incredibly fast rise to the top of the sport after leaving pro wrestling, with his beating Randy Couture, UFC 100, the unbelievable comeback against Shane Carwin. We had to deal with all of it, and we'd have been doing so for the rest of time had he not decided to return at UFC 200 for one more big MMA payday and tarnish his legacy. After wrestling the shit out of Mark Hunt, it was revealed the Beast Incarnate had a little artificial help in the way of an estrogen blocker, something they caught on several different tests. We now had proof that Brock wasn't all natural, and so we no longer had to deal with it if we didn't want to. We could chalk up his entire legacy to being a jacked, cheap and while Brock will always remain a massive star, his accomplishments don't hold the weight they used to because of his PED usage. Number 9. Ronda Rousey there are very few runs of dominance in combat sports that can compare to Ronda Rousey's reign over the bantamweight division. Maybe the only thing that comes close is Mike Tyson in the 1980s, just murdering everyone in his path. A foregone conclusion that his opponent wasn't going to make it past the first few rounds, maybe not even the first few exchanges. He was fear personified. It was like watching a great white shark feeding on live TV. Rousey had that same aura. 12 straight victories, 12 finishes, 11 of them in the first round. She walked down there, kicked somebody's ass, and left. It's actually incredible that she's managed to make this list when you just look at what she did in the cage, not to mention how vital she was to the growth of women's MMA. But then she lost to Holly Holm. That in and of itself, of course, is not a career destroyer, although many felt it exposed her limited game. But it was more so her year-long exile that followed and the return against Amanda Nunes that tarnished her legacy. People did not take well to Ronda's reaction to her loss or her silence following the defeat. When she did return for a single emotional interview on Ellen, she was met with a lack of sympathy by many, and the oversaturation of hype the UFC built for her return against Amanda Nunes only compounded things, that loss more devastating than the first. By that point, fans had largely turned on Ronda, felt her game was built on a lack of real competition, and her arrogance about her abilities sealed her fate. While I personally don't think that assessment is fair, it's undeniable that many see Rousey that way now and took very poorly to her late career. Number 8. Conor McGregor the Notorious One is an interesting entry here because, unlike most of the fighters on this list, Conor McGregor's in-cage career is fairly uncontroversial. He's never been caught doing any kind of performance enhancers, he's not some big cheater, and what he's done is truly remarkable. Say what you will about his lack of title defenses, but the double champ status was massive, his draw was massive, he's done more to grow the sport with casual audiences than arguably anyone in history. Loved or hated, he's one of the most important figures the sport will have ever had. You cannot tell the story of MMA without Conor McGregor. Unfortunately, though, you cannot tell the story of 
Conor McGregor anymore without talking about the many issues he's had outside of actual fighting. It has marred his legacy. We don't get to just talk about the 13-second knockout of Aldo or the insane performance against Eddie Alvarez. We have to talk about the bus incident. We have to talk about his many run-ins with the law. Punching an old man at the pub. Your wife send me DMs. As I'm writing this, Conor posted a pretty awful tweet about Habib Nurmagomedov's father passing from COVID. There will always be a celebration of the many things Conor brought to mixed martial arts, but history will not gloss over all those negatives, as there are far too many now to simply ignore or pretend that they're not part of the narrative. Conor will be defined by both his greatness and his controversies. Number 7. Hoist Gracie the reality of mixed martial arts is a lot like the reality of life. It's hard and ugly, and it turns out your heroes are just people too. Hoist Gracie is such a massively vital piece of the MMA puzzle. His victories in those early UFC tournaments are the bedrock on which the sport stands here in the United States. His performances inspired countless future fighters to get involved in martial arts, to learn jiu-jitsu, to want to compete. He showed people that size and strength can be overcome with technique. The weight of his family name would help propel pride in Japan, and his showdown with Kazushi Sakuraba in 2000 is the stuff of legends. But late in this legend's career, he showed us he's also just a man. In a rematch with Sakuraba at Dynamite USA in 2007, Gracie would score a unanimous decision victory before failing a post-fight drug test for anabolic steroids. Now sure, you could chalk it up to age, he felt like he was slowing down, maybe he was using them to recover from injuries. The problem is his entire legacy was built on this idea that you don't need size, you don't need strength, things most associated with steroid use. And then he went and used steroids. It would be like Captain Planet throwing a McDonald's bag out his window, or Garfield loving Mondays. It's just the exact opposite of what they stand for. And there is no way around that when Hoist's career is considered in its entirety. Number 6. Josh Barnett the Warmaster is truly an interesting case on this list because, as we've pointed out before, much like Chael Sonnen and a few other fighters who got caught with their hand in the anabolic cookie jar, fans largely forgave Josh Barnett, and in his twilight is relatively well-received as a figure in the sport, despite his checkered past with PEDs. That said, though, his legacy is still very much tainted, not in that fans revile him, but in that he lost so much of what his career could have potentially been. He was stripped of his heavyweight title immediately after winning it when he defeated Randy Couture at UFC 36 for failing a post-fight test. The previous, he was caught using PEDs as well, but he was just given a warning, one he clearly did not heed. He left for Japan and rebuilt his reputation, chasing the greatest heavyweight ever, Fedor Emelianenko, even foregoing a return to the UFC after the fall of Pride, just so he could face the last Emperor. After three long years, he would finally get his wish. Barnett was to face Fedor at Affliction Trilogy, but ten days before this massive show, Josh lost it all when he failed a pre-fight drug test for anabolic steroids, tanking the promotion in the process. When Barnett was sidelined for two years due to a USADA violation that was eventually ruled a contaminated supplement, many didn't give him the benefit of the doubt considering his history. The Warmaster hasn't had an MMA bout since 2016, but is angling to be Emelianenko's final pro bout in Bellator, which would be a fitting end to the story, but also a sad reminder it should have happened long prior when it meant something more to the sport. Number 5. Ben Askren for about six or seven years, Ben Askren was the biggest what-if in all of mixed martial arts. He was the last great holdout. Zufa had taken the best of the WEC, of Strike Force, but with Ben Askren's dominance in Bellator and later won Championship, this wrestling machine, this perfect welterweight champion at 18-0, was a boogeyman of sorts. Could he beat GSP? Is he the best 170-pound fighter in the world? The one that got away from the UFC. Askren played it up perfectly, too, helping to fuel that narrative over time on social media, even after he officially retired 
retired in 2017. Ben Askren was an all-time great, one of the few that the UFC never got their hands on, and he could walk in right now in his flip-flops and 50-45 that whole division. That was the narrative many of his most ardent supporters truly believed. Then he decided to come out of retirement and finally prove it, which turned out to be a legacy-defining mistake. The hype was real for his debut, one of the most anticipated I can ever remember. And Askren was so good at building on that in interviews and press conferences on social media, he was the talk of 2019. But by the end of it, the perception of him would never be the same. First, there was the questionable win over Robbie Lawler, about he barely survived. Then his first ever career defeat, the fastest KO in UFC history, the greatest knockout ever possibly. Jorge Masvidal took all his momentum and carried it into the best year of his life. Meanwhile, Ben would look to recover in a bout with Damian Maya, only to be subbed by the aging Brazilian. And just like that, Askren would re-retire shortly thereafter. The questions about whether he was the greatest fighter that had never fought in the UFC largely answered in the eyes of many fans. Then he got TKO'd by Jake Paul, but I don't want to talk about that. Number 4. BJ Penn for a lot of the fans that came up in the early Zufa era, BJ Penn is why they love mixed martial arts, and I would most definitely fall into that category. He was just captivating in ways that are hard to really describe, but when he was out there in the cage tearing it up in his prime, be it in the welterweight title picture or his lightweight championship run, Penn just embodied that era of the sport. His style was so exciting and dynamic, you couldn't help but be compelled. He's a legend, a hall of famer, he saved lightweight. It's insane to think there's anything that could ever happen to tarnish a legacy like the one he built. And yet, here we are. Another harsh reality of mixed martial arts, the fall of BJ Penn has been a long and painful one. Seven straight losses over the course of eight years, some of them brutal to watch, like the Frankie Edgar and Yaya Rodriguez fights. But fighters age, fighters lose. The problem is things took an even darker turn outside of fighting. Over the course of the losing streak, there was an increasing number of alcohol-related incidents, bar brawls, many caught on tape and completely unflattering, multiple DUIs, restraining orders, allegations of abuse lawsuits. All of this culminated with a video of Penn getting KO'd outside a bar and cut from the UFC in 2019. The footage perfectly analogous to his fall and tarnished legacy. Number 3. Anderson Silva the Spider is without question the greatest middleweight fighter in history, and one of the greatest champions the sport has ever seen. He reigned for 2,457 days, a record likely never beaten. He still holds the longest UFC win streak at 16, and there were just so many iconic moments. He did things that captured our imaginations in ways that nobody in the sport ever had. He was at times seemingly superhuman, and very likely inspired whole generations of current or soon-to-be fighters who just wanted to throw a front kick like Anderson Silva. He was seen as the embodiment of martial arts, of Bushido. He would never cheat because that's not fair. Then in 2015, a whole bunch of fans had their illusions shattered. Only a few days after his weird victory over Nick Diaz at UFC 183, it was announced that NSAC had found anabolic steroid metabolites in Anderson's system on several occasions prior to the bout. This was a pretty shocking blow to a lot of fans. He was all about technique and timing over raw athleticism. Surely Silva wasn't just cheating this whole time. Fans tried to justify it in their heads when considering his lengthy recovery from the horrific leg break against Chris Weidman at UFC 168. But Anderson mounted a far more interesting attempt at explaining what happened, citing tainted dick pills officially. It just felt sad to see the greatest ever trying to convince us he wasn't a cheater because of some nefarious boner drugs. While nostalgia will paint much of his legacy bright and beautiful as we get further away from 2015, the stigma of steroid use will be a likely sticking point for some fans no matter how much time passes. Number 2. TJ Dillashaw 
When you look at all that TJ Dillashaw has done, you can make a compelling argument that he's the greatest bantamweight of all time. The split decision loss to Dominic Cruz was razor thin. He has the most title defenses in the division's history, the most knockouts, the most wins, the most wins in title fights, and he's not even done. There might still be more he adds to his incredible career, but no matter what he does, the shadow of cheating will always loom over his accomplishments, arguably because of his accomplishments, in fact. The accusations weren't exactly new when Dillashaw announced that he was vacating his title after having been caught using EPO prior to his loss to Henry Cejudo in 2019. Rival Cody Garbrandt had accused TJ of using PEDs in the years previous, and aspects of Dillashaw's physique had always left fans with questions about what was in his protein shaker after a workout. The fact that he was suspended for two years, something pretty rare at the top of the sport, only helped solidify in the eyes of fans that this guy was a major cheater. This might be the single biggest PED fail the sport has ever seen. To many, TJ was now Lance Armstrong. He was Barry Bonds. His entire legacy thrown into question. How much of it was TJ, and how much of it was enhancement? What else was he taking that he didn't get caught with? It didn't help that he'd garnered a reputation as a bit of a dick at that point, too. He also complained about the stoppage in the Cejudo fight. It was just the perfect storm. And while he may be bantamweight champion again someday and never fail another test for his entire career, that black cloud will always be over his head. Number 1. John Jones Mixed martial arts has a serious problem, and the problem is that John Jones is one of the sport's most suspect figures, but is also considered by a fairly wide-ranging consensus to be the greatest fighter of all time. He's never lost, arguably. I say arguably because of his last few close performances, and of course a couple technicalities that mar the official books, but he's essentially 28-0. He beat the best of the previous generation, he beat the best of his generation, he may add even more to his legacy in the coming years if he truly is able to move to heavyweight and reign there as well. When you factor in all the time he's lost in his prime. At 34 years old, Jones would probably hold just about every record the UFC keeps track of had he not had so many issues. But that's the story of John Jones. Now, I'm not going to run down every single indiscretion of his career. That took me over 15 minutes in another video we made last year. But chances are, if you watch this channel, you know about the PED fails, the weak excuses, the stripped titles, the years away from the sport, and the many outside the cage issues that John has had. He has truly been his own worst enemy. And while in recent years he's become become a bit of an anti-hero to some, with fans that'll back him all the way forever. For most in the community, there's just been far too much to ignore, both in and out of the cage. It would be very difficult to talk about the legacy of John Jones in the future without serious question marks, and a major part of the narrative being how his self-destructive decisions took away from his greatness. Big ol' shout out to my dude Luke Taylor for editing this video together. You can find him and his awesome digital art on Twitter at CoolToMe underscore. Thanks for watching. Please give us a like and subscribe. We've got three new videos or more for you every single week. Let us know what you thought of the video in the comments below. Follow On Point MMA on Twitter and have yourself a wonderful day.